welcome to Jocuny, where we watch a bunch of documentaries and then talk about them together. My name's Heather. And I'm Kathleen. <laughs> so I figured we would just talk about really any documentary, but probably more crime ones. I know it's unnatural. Yeah. And every now and then it's like, okay, what is this really going to be? So today we are going to do The Wild and Wonderful Life of West Virginia, which this is a 2009 documentary film by Julian Lipfer and follows the West family over the course of a year in Boone County, West Virginia. So for the longest time this was on Netflix, which is kind of how everybody found it. Yeah, I definitely watched it there originally. And then it was costly to go and find out it's not on Netflix anymore. No. <laughs> that kind of blew my mind. I thought that was like a Netflix staple. Apparently now it's Prime. For streaming, it was always on there. Uh, so we found the 10th anniversary edition on Amazon that was free with ads, or you could buy it for $7, so I think we're both cup and cheese still. Yeah. Just watch the ads. Uh, old school. We yeah, don't mind the ads that. weren't bad. I mean, there was nothing repetitive. All right, so let's get into it. So Julian Lipford set the white in 1989 while directing The Wild World of Hazel Atkin, who was a singer-songwriter that covered so many different genres of music. Wow. Uh, he Atkins introduced the director to Mamie White, who invited Lipford to her birthday party, where he went on to meet Jessica White. Lipford filmed the first video footage of Jessica White, which became the basis for 1991's Dancing Outlaw, which was part of a CBS series called The Twin Drummer, and the paintings of America began to drop in luster. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing you see when the movie starts is that produced by Tribeca Films and later Saved American Express, which I thought was fucking ironic. Because they're all fucking poor. poor. <laughs> so it starts off with Mamie White, who is not only sitting in front of many Confederate flags hanging from the ceiling, but is the biggest and the meanest and the baddest of all the White family, which is just a great introduction to the whole thing. She is the daughter of the patriarch of this family, Donald Ray White, or D-Ray White. He started off as a coal miner and eventually got tired of the way his workers were treated, so he decides to work the system. He understood social security systems, and he finds himself and all the kids up for crazy checks, basically saying that they have disabilities, and so they're able to receive checks every month from the government. This kind of leads the kids to doing whatever the fuck they want because they want to run, they're going to get government money for it. Right. They literally don't have to work. Yeah. He was a mountain dancer or hillbilly tap dancer who used 52 steps that no one else could do. I don't know how you go about fact checking this at all. Like how, oh yeah, nobody's ever done that step before. Makes me hungry to know. <laughs> and he said that no one taught him even how to dance just another step. I don't know how you could do that many. Which, I mean, it kind of makes sense because it yeah, does I mean, really actually, just look like they're slapping their feet around. <laughs> doing their own thing. Uh, he was killed outside of his home by Steve Allen Rowe in 1985. Rowe 
child to be raised and her sons Jethro and Dorothy with a faulty shotgun after quarreling with White and Sutton. Ray was killed by a shot to the chest, Jethro received a neck wound, and Dorothy was shot in the eye. And the mother of this whole brood is Bertie Mae White, who was a miracle woman. And she got this name because she raised over 30 kids that were abandoned and needed help. She also has this creepy porcelain doll that sits next to her in front of the fireplace that I could not <laughs> So let's go over the kids that are mentioned. I would definitely suggest looking up the family tree because it's intense. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of a lot of people. So many goddamn people. And then on top of that, a lot of them have nicknames which is ridiculous. So, Mark White got into a fight with somebody over a pit bull and was shot and killed. That seems to be a running theme, though. I feel like most of the family has been shot and killed. weird-ass fight. Dorothy White bought a pit bull, took the clip out of it, thought it was empty, and put it to his head and shot himself. The one fucking thing you're not supposed to do with a gun. <laughs> Point it at your head. Yep, he uh, blowed his brains out. Tony White, who got in trouble, trouble with prescription fraud in Sebasta, Minnesota, changed his life. He's the only one I really love an update on. Yeah, like, really seems to have like escaped the the White family curse. I just want to see like after this movie came out, like what the fuck was he saying? Because I'm away from all of this. Well, and I think he has a brother also who is living in Minnesota because one of the nephews was there. Yeah. And I think it may have been possibly one of the adopted ones that Bertie May yeah, took in. It's very, yeah, it's very complex because there's a lot of children. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he seems to be doing well with his family. He's doing so well that one of the kids has bruises. And their house looks like they actually have a foundation. I definitely noticed that. It was not <laughs> a trailer home. It was not a trailer home. Kids got braces. That is like real, like, really well. middle class. Yeah. Uh, Jethro White, who ended up with his father's shoes, whatever that means, took up dancing, and he absolutely hates sloppy, slimy eggs, according to the PBS documentary. He will take a knife to them. He's very classy. He grew up sniffing gasoline inside half his brain. <laughs> but he doesn't know which half. Yeah, he just knows part of his brain. Uh, he's famous in this county and has so many fans that they steal homemade signs off of the door to his apartment. He's at a weird crossroads where he needs to love the fandoms but also doesn't enjoy being famous, wants to be left alone. And the dude really just wants to dance. Yeah, he, he's kind of a secret, depressed character, yeah. I think. Uh, we got Mamie White, who, while it's definitely a train wreck, is the one who somehow... Raised all the kids. <laughs> raised all these kids. And she says it could be anywhere from 10 to 20 kids a day. Now, I can deal with my kids because the state says I have to, and yours are the only other kids I could stand to be around because 
Good for her. She's yeah, that's <laughs> fucking impressive. If they're alive, I mean, kudos to her because I couldn't fucking do it. And then Ona Fontaine White, she was the one who was killed in Cleveland by her ex-husband, Clyde Davis. Which is amazing because she was only 19. Yeah. And then Virginia White, she was killed in a car accident while she was pregnant. She was only 14. <laughs> then we have Carnegie White. You may know her as Bo or Bo Seifert. <laughs> Which is my favorite. <laughs> I want that to be my nickname. She loves marijuana while her son Derek, or Percy, as he likes to say his name is, Basically all the pills. Yeah, interjects that he just straight up loves pharmaceuticals and introduces us to a little thing called the Boone County Mating Call, which is just shaking a pill bottle. Come and get it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And he does this while his mom just sits and laughs. They just drink their thing in his house. You know, families are weird. She also has a daughter named Susan Gray White. But everybody calls her. Don't fucking get Kirk and Susan. <laughs> I don't understand the name. So we can go into Kirk. She's in it quite a bit. She has a son named Tyler. He's just a sweet baby angel. When he's not hopped up on we'll six pops. We'll <laughs> Her father is Terry Lee Thomas. He's in prison for double murder. Kirk has been arrested for fighting, cussing out the cops, drug charges, and he's been to jail so many times she can't count. Which kind of blows your mind because prison's known for recording people. Yeah. She then goes on to tell the camera people that if they start shit with her, she Oh, she'd totally fucking fight them. (laughs) Meanwhile, while she's telling us all this, her son Tyler is trying to beat up his scent like he's haunted by his Vietnam days. Then we get to Sue Bob. Her name is Sue Ann White. She introduces herself by jumping on a trampoline and was a former stripper that would bring home $1,500 to $2,000 a night. And out of everything, I think that's the biggest issue I have. Is who else is in this town stripping that that's how much she was getting? She may have been the only stripper. She's known for being the sexiest one in the family and has received comments from thousands of people saying so. She has two kids named Ashley and Brandon, and are you ready to have your mind blown? Brandon's spending time in jail for something so bad it was on the news. Yeah, it was it was pretty <laughs> bad. But don't worry, don't worry. He thinks he may get a different kind of sentencing, something yeah, lighter, you know, released. bunch of guns out of a truck that belonged to Tammy's boyfriend, Billy Hastings. And I guess Billy talked some shit about Brandon's dead dad, so then Brandon went to Billy's house and fired at him, shooting him in the head, the neck, and the shoulder. His eye was like out of his skull, and the dude fucking survived. Yeah, literally shot him in the face fucking three times. It's It's amazing that he lived. I cannot believe it. This Brandon took off in his aunt's car, set it on fire, and then had a standoff with police. Into the next day. Literally shooting at them until the next day. But the judge likes him, so don't worry. Well, 
unfortunately ends up being sentenced to 50 years for attempted murder. With the possibility of parole in 25 years, yeah. which his mother really thinks he's going to get. Oh, good. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll get out in 25 years. Alright, so let's get into this movie. I noticed right away when they show, like, footage of the town, there's a sign for the town library. <laughs> which I don't think any of these people have visited. Well, I feel like most of them dropped out early. Oh, I know I know. even um, the brother who escaped to Minnesota was saying he dropped out in seventh grade. Yeah. And I, I just mind blown. I mean, I have a kid going into sixth grade. I couldn't imagine her, like, getting by as an adult with her fucking shitty-ass education. Right, so a couple of quick reviews that I wanted to cover. They're celebrating Bernie Mays' 85th birthday by snorting pills, smoking weed, surrounded by yappy dogs, a crying toddler, and Bernie Mays is sitting happily, occasionally complaining about the drugs, but just mostly looking content while all this chaos is going on. Could you imagine getting high around, like, your grandmother? I'd be shocked. She's 85. She doesn't need any drugs. <laughs> I'd give her that age. She I'm doesn't sure. like the smell of that marijuana. She smokes only cigarettes, and uh, it's, I, I don't understand that. I mean, at one point, she even covers her face so she doesn't inhale any smoke. I don't know if the toddler was still in the room, but she made sure to cover her face. He's sitting right next to him. The kid looked high. And then Bernie Mays' adopted son, Les, <laughs> walks out only to wear a PJ bottom and a trucker hat, and Bo immediately proceeds to chase him, and his reaction is to start swinging his dick around. <laughs> it's totally normal. To celebrate your mother's birthday. With some dick and balls. And then Bo pushes him into the table with a lit candle, and I held my breath because if that thing falls over, the whole place is going up a Oh, it's like a tinderbox. There's so much shit on the floor, shit on the walls, so many pictures of white Jesus. <laughs> and the look on Jesus' face in one of the frames just... Really speaks to I everyone's feelings. What we're all feeling in that moment. And then we go back to Kirk and Tyler... Sweet baby angel Tyler, who has six cans of soda and is wanting more. And Motherfucker opens wants it so much, he opens it with his teeth. I can't imagine. I have never wanted soda that bad. And I'm, I'm amazed, though, he drinks so much sugar and his teeth doesn't fall out of his head as soon as he tries them. So then Kirk talks about her ex, Janice, who had it going on, which meant he had an actual job. But then he ended up sleeping with her cousin, so she stabs him. And then during all this, Tyler's just doing backflips on his bed, beating up his giant Elmo doll. Then he comes out screaming about how Dennis is a damn bastard who wants to slit his dick. Or his nuts. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> because Dennis is dick. And he just flips us off the whole time. Bottom Double line. flips off. Dennis. just ignores him like, oh. Oh, she did, she did say that she would, you know, beat his ass if he didn't stop yeah. swearing, <laughs> which is... Which Kirk is, or uh, Tyler is just like, well, I wish you'd beat me up. I wish I'd try to fight you. You won't fight me. <laughs> so six months later, Kirk's, Kirk's daughter, Veronica, 
set in corn. And Which surprise, I didn't realize she was even pregnant. Well, then Kirk reveals that she stabbed Dennis when she was pregnant with this baby. Did you catch that part? <laughs> this little fat baby is just sleeping in the hospital, and Kirk and her friends are feet away just brushing the pills and scolding them. Mind blowing. I, I was struggling with the shit after I had my kids when I was in the hospital, and she's up walking around, walking in the bathroom, just snorting pills. pills, and she had all this energy. So of course the baby. It's because of the pills, bro. We weren't snorting those pills. pills. Those pills will knock you down. So of course the baby is basically taken away from her before she even walks out of the hospital. Oh yeah, they they kept her for observation, which is she, just code speak for. Um, and and Derek is just swinging a gun around, but he has the decency to tell the toddler in the room to step back, which the toddler then walks into the camera because the toddler just so blunt understands what's happening. I don't remember who told Derek to be careful with the gun, and he was like, well, it's not even loaded, and they're like, no, watch out for the fan, because he's swinging around and it hits the ceiling fan. I thought that was pretty pretty impressive that, yeah. you know, like, just watch out for the fan. Don't worry yeah. about, like, whether you actually you unloaded it. You were As many people that have been shot in the family. Accidentally. You think they'd be terrified. So he goes outside and just shoots at a dish soap, soap bottle. Soap bottle, yeah. <laughs> Full of water. It's just like spewing soapy bubbly water yeah and did you notice that he like casually trips while holding the loaded gun <laughs> that was my next thing <laughs> on the way back into the house he trips on scattered trash that are just littered and his boots that the... aren't even fucking tied trips while holding a gun that is loaded and then the next scene he really claps it up with some homemade tattoos <laughs> And he can't spell. He can't spell, but he is smart enough to ask for alcohol to clean the arm to make sure, you know, you don't want any infection. He must have asked how to spell Raven like six times. Oh, God, this stuff. <laughs> you think after the third time she'd be like, all right, let's stop that tattooing. <laughs> she was literally in it. She was like. She went through with it. So then we go back to Mamie, who's picking up her daughter, Tanya Faywhite. Or Mousy, from prison who spent four years in there. Her own mom is like, you'll be back in two, two weeks. weeks. yeah. No so faith. Who did she go to prison with? I don't remember. I don't think it's mentioned. I know she got out on probation. And then went back because of... did something to get sent back to finish out her sentence. Yeah, she like broke probation, but I don't know what she was oh, in prison for. Four originally. Oh, gosh, that sounds awful. If I can get keys to do what they all are. She definitely has some boyfriend problems. <laughs> yeah. A.K.A. husband problems, because, you know, she actually went through with it and got married. So then we go to poor Birdie Mae. She's in the hospital after suffering a stroke. And this family is so addicted to pills that when Mamie tells her the doctors are going to give her medicine through an IV, Birdie Mae is like, no, I don't want to snort pills. Oh, yeah, she had the little tube in her nose yeah. because her, the stroke paralyzed her right side of her face so she couldn't swallow. She's taking so many pills, and they're like, oh, the doctor's going to bring me the medicine. And she's like, no, I don't want to take pills. And they're like, 
I ain't snorting no pills and like it's snorting it's not snorting pills, baby. You're just the doctor's gonna give it to It's a feeding tube. So right after this, Kirk goes to the hospital to pick up the baby with Sue Bob after the hospital under the pretense that they wanted to keep the baby for a few days for observation. It was a healthy ass looking baby. It was chunky. But in reality, the baby was handed over to CPS because obviously it has drugs in its system. Yeah. Sue Bob, in all her maternal glory, says, drive all the way up here to see it, man. Might never get to see it again. <laughs> to a woman who just lost custody of her baby. There's there's a lot of, like, references to this baby as it, like, yes. which I found really shocking. Like, instead of, you I know, her... The baby's name? Yeah. It. Yeah, it's always it. Sue Bob, it's been like five minutes trying to figure out the plan. So Sue Bob is trying to come up with a plan to get the baby back from the state. And what do you think that first step is? To have a party. No, it's wrong. You're so wrong. You got a Taco Bell. Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Which leads us to the greatest scene in the entire movie. First, she wants a steak and cheese quesadilla, the steak and cheese fajita. Y'all ain't got no fajitas? Then why is it on your sign? And surprise, Taco Bell doesn't have fajitas, to which she responds, you don't have Fiesta? Why is it on your sign if you don't have it? (laughs) The poor guy says, can you repeat that? And then eventually he's like, you talk about the gorditas? We don't get an answer. Because then she asked for mozzarella sticks. <laughs> you don't got any of them mozzarella sticks? Oh, God. Man, please. So she settles on two tacos and a gordita. She asks the dude to repeat the order, and then when he starts repeating it, she just drives forward. <laughs> then she sees someone she recognizes through the window of the dining area and just starts slamming on her horn. Hey! Hey! Has she never sat in a dining room before? You can't hear shit! No! It is meant to be that way because we're usually like off a highway. This poor woman, I caught that her name was Renee. She screamed it many times. Renee! (laughs) Renee! Finally notices her and just gives a small friendly wave like, hi! She totally couldn't hear. Like, no. anything she said, she was just, like, doing that smile and wave, she like, said, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So Which is even better after she hears the news. Sue Bob just takes it, meaning that the stained glass window works like a wooden fence, and just prese- proceeds to blast all this shit about Kirk's baby being taken away. They took her baby. Yeah, they took her baby, and she's crying. <laughs> and Renee just smiles and nods, like, she understands what's happening, like, oh. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. The next step of the plan is for Mamie, Sue Bob, and Kirk to head out to a bar to get shit-faced and forget all about how Monica was taken away. As soon as they walk in, okay, I don't know if you noticed, though, the kid were paying for that fetal-alcohol syndrome sign. Yes. (laughs) That's pretty blatant. It stayed on that for maybe a second or two too long. Yes, it was real. And then there's snorting pills in the oh in the bathroom. We're skipping the great part where the band immediately recognizes them and oh, yeah, introduces them, including Miss Sue Bob with the titties, 
That woman's got the prettiest titties I ever seen. He may not have seen very many titties. I don't know. <laughs> I I really feel like he may not have seen very many. We never get to see these titties though to be sure. Yeah. We do see Kirk's. Oh, there's Sue Bob. Bless her stupid damn foot. Anywhere she hears music, <laughs> she's immediately down on the floor. Grinding. I'm hoping that's not the one that brought in the money because <laughs> it was disgusting. And then there's the shot of Kirk and Amy lining up rails on the back of the bathroom toilet. And did you notice the shot? They were each sitting on a toilet. There was no wall in between. <laughs> to be fair, it didn't look like the kind of bar or club that we would be hanging out in. I don't know. But then I... the camera pans through the dance floor and there's just three people dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were all doing kind of the soupob dance. And it was so weird. And then there's like the other people are just on these shitty slot games. So the bar had slot games, but not a wall in between toilets. <laughs> There's no privacy when you're pissing. I guess. Maybe go well, maybe because everyone's related to each other. <laughs> Mamie goes on about how their father was a hard discipline, and yet they turned out terrible because they're all criminals. But it wasn't their dad's fault. Oh. Then in the next sentence, she talks about it, how at 10, her dad took her to bars and would get into fights, and she'd have to defend her dad. Because you're going to have to hit a girl if you want to hit my daddy. But none of this was her dad's fault. And then, because it can't get even more terrible, Kirk drunkenly tells us her favorite Bible verse. <laughs> if you can believe it, you can achieve it. <laughs> Don't doubt it. <laughs> and then, oh my god, this next scene is very confusing. Mousy's going to pick up Charlie Green, who could be her husband, which is her husband. But he's a bastard and a cheater. Let me say again what she said directly. He could be her husband, which is her husband. And the fuck does that mean? He's a bastard and a cheater. <laughs> he's also living with other women. Yeah, that he's like bouncing between women. I don't understand, like, who wants that? It's got to be because, yeah, cheated on her with her cousin, and her cousin got pregnant. No. No, it's another one. No, it was, she cheated, he cheated on her with the cousin, moved the cousin in. That was Kirk, I believe. And she cut up all their wedding pictures and stuff when he kicked her out. And then he's shacking up with some other woman. He got pregnant. And... It's just all over the fucking place. Like, why would you want that guy back? Because she's been in prison. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You can find any dude on the street to give you some dick. Any dude. Any dude. And they haven't, like, done you as dirty as this man has. I don't know why we're talking about this and ignoring the fact that she then takes him to this giant Ten Commandments statue. <laughs> yes. Yes. And her daughter, Cheyenne is there to, you know, lovingly point out that thou shalt not kill. Yeah, because she threatens to kill him. Well, she, first she points out that he broke the one that says thou shalt not commit adultery, and then threatens to kill him, which then, yeah, her daughter's like, what about this one? <laughs> the sixth <laughs> commandment. You can't kill him. 
So then she goes to pick up Charlie's nephew, Chris, who has a beer in his hand. He just joins them on the hunt for Charlie. Yeah, they just all hop in the car. It's like a fucking road trip. Then they eventually find him on the side of the road? With his girlfriend, who is pregnant. He's just sitting against the car with his jean shirt undone and a beer in his hand. Yeah, and his girlfriend who is currently pregnant with his child, is off to the side, and he's like, can I just go with them for a couple hours? No, he's like, can I just go with them for a couple hours? And she is clearly fucking pissed, as any woman would be, when you're, like, living with a dude, having his baby, and he's just like, let me go with my my old ex-wife that just got out of prison. Like, the fuck, bro? So then they're driving around with a case of beer. Too many people in that car. Mousy is kind of getting the fuckers, and she just wants to get, oh, he just wants to get drunk before heading back home to his girlfriend, who has a baby with him. Just kidding, they go to the grocery store where they got married. <laughs> they got married in a grocery store. I hoped he could get married at the courthouse. <laughs> Didn't know a grocery store was an option. Was it the pharmacist did it? <laughs> the pharmacist was, like, a preacher, or, like, you know, some kind of pastor or something he was ordained and he took him over to the floral department (laughs) she just wanted to get married i guess after this charles spends the night with mousy and we're told that he never moves back in with his girlfriend but he does occasionally still sleep with her which again mind fucking blown like how many men are there in West Virginia that you're, like, stooping to sleeping with some guy who, like, is fucking cheating on you? Like, what the fuck? But this scene gives us another great line, which is, Mousy's going to get some dick tonight. <laughs> She's going to get some dick tonight. She literally... his chest hair out? What was happening? She was definitely... She was twisting the chest hair and, like, literally just to get a kiss. Literally, like, like twisting... <laughs> she was definitely like twisting the nipples and shit trying to get some kisses was his nephew still in the car he was <laughs> i think car was he was and and i'm pretty sure her kid was in the front seat too <laughs> like what the hell man because her daughter was even like i'm never getting married yeah <laughs> i'm just like not like that bro Yeah, gotta cuss it out. All this, he's just clips of Jessica dancing on picnic tables. I, I remember at least two different picnic tables throughout this. Yeah, any surface. While Hank Williams III is just playing guitar. It's beautiful. It really is. He's got some nice songs. Which would be attractive to me at that picnic table. It's a dance floor. <laughs> so then Kirk and her mother Bo attend a court hearing for Kirk to try and get Monica back. Doesn't know, yeah. <laughs> they seem shocked by it, though. <laughs> yeah, they were really. So Kirk finally starts looking into rehab centers, and I think the most mind blowing thing out of the whole movie is she doesn't know what PCP is. <laughs> She's like, no, I ain't never done no angel dust. <laughs> yeah, what PCP? Oh, I ain't never done angel dust. <laughs> Everything else. She's got two days before she can check into a clinic, so it's time to party. Yeah. In the parking lot of a bowling alley. (laughs) 
is that they all signed a bottle of crown to remember it by. <laughs> and then Kirk has some parting words to his sobriety. Fuck Dennis. <laughs> In case you forgot. Fuck Dennis. It's all Dennis's fault. And then we get an update from Mousy on how she's doing. And she says she doesn't need rehab because she already had her rehab in prison. She says this with a beer in her hand. <laughs> it seems to have gone really well for her. I think so. So then we're headed to rehab and everyone looks kind of hungover. Even Tyler, who won't shut the fuck up about Dennis. Dennis is an idiot. Take me to Dennis so I can blow his head off. And then, uh, Mousy's like, hey, Tyler, don't be saying any of that. They're recording this. Is this the first time anybody's mentioned this? Kirk mentions, like, the whole stabbing Dennis and how they didn't have any evidence because her mother, like, cleaned the blood and stuff. And yet I'm like, dude, you are talking about this on camera. He's like, hey, shut up. There's cameras. I don't know if you guys noticed. Like, you are giving them evidence. And then they proceed to turn this trip into a vacation. It was super weird. First they stop and pick up this guy who apparently was a childhood sweetheart of Kirk. And then they meet up with Kirk's ex-husband, who's supposed to show them where to go for this rehab study. Which, they literally had so many people in that fucking van or whatever the fuck they were driving that, like, her previous sweet like childhood sweetheart boyfriend is like holding the thing and like leaning up so that like her ex-husband can like fit in there next to her and they're all like kind of like it was just there's so many people in this van it was really fucking weird why does he know where to go he's probably been there before yeah but also why do you need all these ex-lovers it's awkward why would you pick up your childhood sweetheart It was a little touching when she tried to tell poor little Tyler about what rehab was and why she needed to go. <laughs> and he was just like, can we stop at the Dollar General? <laughs> just for a few minutes. But then he's just wearing this creepy ass mask. Like every time you look at him, he's wearing this weird mask. They're like, get back in the car. We got to go. Like, they're having a sweet moment before she walks in where she's trying to hug him. And he's just got this, is it a scream mask? Yeah, it's like a green scream mask. (laughs) Time to get serious because Bernie May dies. (laughs) Which was. This poor old woman. But then Jessica gives us a tour of the family graveyard. He seems a little too upbeat about it. Like, he's done this several times. And then we get to the end where we get an update on Kirk after three months of rehab, and she looks really good. Like, yeah, she's definitely how much she's changed, and she's been so successful in the program that she's able to have visits with Monica on weekends. Yeah, and they move her into some kind of like mother and yeah, child like center. Tyler, and there, yeah, she gets to live at some kind of facility for. Yeah, but she, like, actually gets to, you know, be with them or whatever. And it was really touching when he was like, you never play with me. Yeah, bitch, I've been in rehab. (laughs) It's like, aw, that sounds like some shit my kid would say. You don't ever play with me. You have to go to school. (laughs) My ass has to go to work. (laughs) And that's basically the end of the movie. 
two couple updates about Subox being arrested. Uh, there was one where she called the cops on somebody, didn't realize she had an active warrant out. Yeah, which, <laughs> which she ended up backfired on her. Uh, Mamie's been arrested and just takes out wood burnings and bird watching. And his girlfriend puts on Etsy or something. <laughs> Didn't he marry some super young chick? I think he has like a new wife and she's like pretty young. I think Mamie died. I think she did. <laughs> she did. And this one's just like putting bird ashes and oh, you gotta look at the wood carving. They're like of himself. They're not good. I don't know if he's using fried brain fried, but I'd be curious to know how the grandchildren turned out. Like, did they escape this, you know, apparent like white family curse that you know led to all this like shot and they're probably in prison. I mean, they definitely are going to have to be working. I mean, I can't imagine they're not getting those crazy checks. Who doesn't, doesn't want a crazy check? I mean, come on. That was their words, too. Yeah, crazy, crazy checks. checks. <laughs> but I, I would be curious to see how... I mean, I wonder, did Brandon have any chance at parole? Yeah, because this was 2009, so they may be coming up soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if, you know, if he has a shot at that or if he has to serve all 50 years. Probably all 50 years. I mean, fucking shooting at cops, like, you don't have no. much of a chance. If all they have to do is wheel in that guy to be like, look what he did to my face. <laughs> I fucked up my face. <laughs> Part of me says that I need to kill him. <laughs> but I also love that boy. <laughs> I'm just, I really want, and that little girl that was, you know, yelling, fuck you, oh into God, the, the playground, playground equipment. Yeah, there's so many people that are just like, you can't do it. Yeah, I just, I want, I would like a full on, like, full family tree with all of the, like, grandchildren and great grandchildren and everything, just so I can be, you know, it's just. I don't want, like, the family tree they show. No, that's not as in dad's. Blind pointing to this person as the parents and. We have a lot of dead people. There's a lot of dead people. I feel like that graveyard wasn't big enough. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it really wasn't. Their dad's gravestones was like someone took a chisel to yeah, it. Yeah, someone took a chisel to it. That was weird. I wonder who did that and why. Why did they replace them? Because they made furry maids. Like they were making that. I think they were the ones digging. <laughs> they were. They were the ones digging her grave. I imagine because it's like a family plot, and so it's not like an actual like cemetery center where they would have like you know grave diggers. It looked like the kind of place where, like, you could just, you know, slap some family members in the dirt. <laughs> I don't think we have those around here. No. Want to go bury me, Ma, in the backyard? <laughs> yeah. Next to the dog. Yeah, <laughs> next to the dog. And the parakeet. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to mention about this? Or 
it's a it's a real shit show the whole it thing is. like just from the very beginning to the very end I just but my biggest thing is I, I want to know what happened to these children like yeah. what does their future look like let's talk about that maybe we can talk during Coyote Ugly an update yeah I want like a you know 10 years later or like 15 years later this is what's happening kind of thing like I think there was like a I want to say there was a thing going around that they were saying one of them had died was it Kirk maybe through like an internet search I found something about like they were saying Kirk died but it it was definitely not like an accurate (laughs) like it was like more of those like you know she's dead but you can't tell (laughs) (laughs) no it was one of the it was definitely one of those like rumored like deaths or whatever where the person pops up on twitter and they're like by the way i'm not dead yeah so i mean i i couldn't find anything about her because i would love to know you know did she stay clean did she get to keep tyler did she get to keep monica like i want to know that because god you know monica's got to be what like tyler Tyler's got to be, like, a fucking adult now. Because he's got to be, like, what, seven, eight? Yeah, so he's got to be an adult by now. I'm just like, did he get in trouble with the law? Is he, like, staying out of prison? He did have some sweet-ass flip moves. <laughs> I mean, I just... Or did he finally catch up to Dennis and stab him in the nuts? Dennis is this. So I think that's going to do it for us. You can check out The Wild and Wonderful Life of Rusty Goodyear on Amazon. Definitely worth the watch. It is such an awesome, yes, it is amazing. If nothing else, it makes you feel better about yourself and your family. 